you see something and you need to open up and have a conversation with family or maybe even plan in advance if thankfully you're not seeing any red flags. Or in addition, I want to talk about what senior living communities are available and what resources are available if your parent is needing some help but wanting to stay in their home. So I get it. Those people do not want to have these types of conversations, but they're so important. And it's really a good time to talk about them on the holidays because you have more family together. And I think it's very important to know where your parents stand, what what their wishes are, because I can't tell you how many times I have had a call with a son or daughter. They have no idea what their parents' wishes are. Maybe dad has had a stroke or something that is, you know, rendered him incapacitated and he cannot tell them what he wants, how much money he has. You know, they're just in the dark. They know nothing about finances or wishes. So it's so important. It's really a gift to give your family to let them know what your wishes are. Welcome to Aging in Style, the podcast dedicated to celebrating aging and what it takes to do it well. I'm Lori Williams. I'm a certified senior advisor and senior housing expert. In each episode, you'll learn stories of older adults who are thriving in their 70s, 80s, 90s, and in some cases, in their hundreds. Whether you're an older adult or the child of an older adult, this podcast is filled with insightful resources, organizations that are doing incredible work, and stories that will inspire you to volunteer, learn, and who knows, maybe even skydive in your golden years. Hi, welcome back to Aging in Style. Last week, we had Megan Rowe with the Alzheimer's Association on, and we spoke about the warning signs to look for when visiting our aging family members over the holidays. If you didn't have a chance to listen to that podcast, be sure and go back and listen to it. She shared some really great information. Um, But I was thinking about, we talked about all these warning signs, but we didn't really talk about having these conversations with family, kind of opening that up, as well as, you know, you see these red signs, what's the next step? What resources are available for you? So today, that's what I want to talk about. You know, you see something and you need to open up and have a conversation with family or maybe even plan in advance if thankfully you're not seeing any red flags. Or in addition, I want to talk about what senior living communities are available and what resources are available if your parent is needing some help but wanting to stay in their home. So I get it. Most people do not want to have these types of conversations, but they're so important. And it's really a good time to talk about them on the holidays because you have more family together. Um, and, and I think it's very important to know where your parents stand, what, what their wishes are, because I can't tell you how many times I have had a call with a son or daughter. They have no idea what their parents' wishes are. Maybe dad has had a stroke or something that is, you know, rendered him incapacitated and he cannot tell them what he wants, how much money he has. You know, they're just in the dark. They know nothing about finances or wishes. So it's so important. It's really, honestly, we've done a a podcast episode before on this where we talked about that it's actually a gift to give your family to let them know what your wishes are. 
And um, there's another podcast, and I'm going to put a link to it, where we talked about having basically like a book of all your information or a binder of all the information. And I think it's it's very important. Go back and listen to that one, too. And that may give you some ideas on having these conversations with your family members. So most people, most seniors do not want to leave their house. They want to stay in their home. They want to age in place and remain independent. And you know what? I 100% get that. And I get it more the older that I'm getting. Um, You know, I'm 58 now, so I am deep into senior territory because they do say you're a senior at age 50. (laughs) And I will say it feels weird to me to say I'm a senior, but I guess I am a senior. I feel 25. And so it's all about mindset, right? That's what I believe in. But anyhow, I digress. (laughs) Um, There was a study done by the AARP, which is the American Association of Retired People. And it found that 77% of Americans, their choice is to age in place, stay in their home which is fine. People can remain in their home because we're living in a time where there are so many resources that can help you stay home. There's all kinds of technological things. There's services that will come to you, all kinds of great services. So you just have to know about these things. And one of the most important things I do want to say is if you see any red flags we need to talk and figure out what you're going to have to do to keep them safe. So one of the first red flags or warning signs would be fall risk. And a lot of our seniors, or as we've talked about, over the age of 65, our risk for falling goes way up. That's for everyone. So eliminating fall risk is going to be the most important thing. And one of the things we talked about last week, if you go home and you see that your parents have throw rugs everywhere, there's hallways are cluttered, there's just obvious fall risks, you know, there's not good lighting to the bathroom, maybe they're looking a little frailer than before, and they don't have grab bars, or they have a tub. I mean, all of these things are just screaming, fall risk, fall risk. (laughs) So let's take care of those things by, you know, eliminating the clutter, putting in good lighting, adding the grab bars, those types of things so that we're, we can't ever say 100% they're not going to fall, but let's just eliminate those fall risks. Also, I think it's extremely important for any older adult living at home to have some sort of a medical alert device, um, you know, a help I've fallen and I can't get up um, kind of device on them, either a pendant or they have some that look like Fitbits for your wrist, anything like that, because again, We get calls more regularly than I would like to where mom fell outside and laid outside overnight because she couldn't get to the phone or dad fell in the bathroom and couldn't let anyone know and he was there for two days. I mean, we don't want this happening. And if we have some sort of a medical alert device, they can press and they can get help to them right away. I've talked on another podcast where a sweet, dear neighbor of mine um, was 90 years old. Her son had put Alexa, he had put one in her bedroom and one in her kitchen. And she fell one night, 10 o'clock at night, going to get some water. She fell and she cracked her head. And thankfully, she was still conscious. And she remembered to say, Alexa, call Scott, her son. And he was able to be there right away and take care of her. So, I mean, use technology. There's all kinds of great things, all kinds of gadgets, too. There's everything you can imagine. So there's so many things, more than ever before, for our aging 
population to keep people independent. Assistive devices. Okay, that's when I say assistive devices, that means a cane or a wheelchair or um, a walker. Walker is the most common, I would say. I have so many older adults who tell me they don't want to use a walker. And I think it's because they feel like they're embarrassed or whatever. And I'm always saying, turn that around. It's this is to keep you independent. Think about it that way. This is enabling you to continue to get around and continue with your independence. So if you're noticing um, mom or dad is really having some mobility issues, it's very important to speak with their doctor, with a physical therapist, get them using an assistive device so that they can remain independent and prevent a fall. Also, if you're staying home, very important to have some outlet to socialize. To isolate is going to cause a decline. I mean, there's no other way to say it. Isolating, sitting in front of a TV all day, you are going to decline. You need to get up. You need to have some exercise, some movement, and some involvement with other people. Whether that be through your senior center, through a neighbor, through just walking up and down your street a few times each day, going to the library, the YMCA, volunteering. There's so many ways to get involved. Or if you're not one to get involved, at least get outside and move your body some and get some fresh air. There's also services, so many different services, like there's home care services or personal assistance services where you can have them come in and you tell them what you need done. So it could be maybe reminders to take medication. It could be bathing, dressing. There are so many wonderful services available through home care or personal assistance service. They call them different things, but it's basically the same thing. But you hire them. It's an hourly type thing, pay by the hour or daily. You know, it's just when they're all a little bit different in how they charge. But you can have them come in and do basically anything, whether it's provide you transportation to the doctor or make sure you're taking your medication, bathing, dressing, anything at all. Just know like the more you need them, (laughs) the more time that they're there, the more it is going to cost. So once you've, you know, tried to stay home as long as you can, maybe you're starting to need more care, or maybe you're just like, I don't want to stay in my home. I want to go to senior, a senior living community. Let's talk about that because there's so many options. And I like to say there are so many options beyond the nursing home because I can't tell you how many times I've talked to people and I start bringing up the conversation of senior living and they just say, no, I am not going to a nursing home. Okay, I'm not trying to send you to a nursing home because there are so many other great options that are not nursing homes. So I want to touch on these briefly, and then we're going to do podcast episodes going forward where I go into more detail about each type of senior living. So we have more than, there's more coming in every day, and they're, I find that they're kind of changing too. So um, baby boomer generation, you know, baby boomers always change things. So we are having, um, we're seeing more and more, I would say, in my area of Dallas, more of these active aging 55 plus communities and they are gorgeous. I mean, they are just, they're apartments and some look like you're in a five-star resort walking in there. They're just absolutely stunning. So these are for people who are still very independent. They just don't want to have to maintain a house. Um, They just want to have sort of like a, you know, grab and go lifestyle. Maybe they want to travel or maybe they just They just don't want to put up with all the maintenance that you need to do with a house. These are apartments, like I said, 
they usually have like happy hours. They have uh, you know different socials and ways to get involved with your neighbors as little or as much as you want to be involved with them. But you are you know very independent, taking care of your own meals. The next step would be independent living, or sometimes called all inclusive independent or retirement living. And these are communities that you have your own apartment still, but included in your rent would be your meals. So either two or three meals a day. Housekeeping is typically included as well. Transportation, and there's transportation on outings that you can go on with as a group. And there's also transportation where they can take you to your doctor's appointments. So this is great for someone who is just needing a little more assistance and they don't want to cook meals anymore. They don't want to do housekeeping. Quite honestly, that sounds really good to me at the moment (laughs) to not have to think about cooking a meal or cleaning my house. I like it. So um, so that's just really giving people, it kind of gives you a lot of freedom, honestly. It gives you freedom just to do the things you want to do. So maybe you want to do activities and craft or do whatever you want to do. There's all those types of things going on in these communities that you can be, again, as involved as you want. Or if you're one who just wants to sit in front of the TV, you can do that. Although I don't advise that. I think everyone needs to do something. Next up would be assisted living. And this is everything that independent living is. Plus, there's going to be care. So more personal care done. So say you're at the point where you need some assistance with bathing or dressing or maybe taking your medications. You need someone to manage that for you. So that's when you would look at assisted living. Also, people with some dementia do well in assisted living also, you know, as long as they're not having, you know, issues with wandering. Next step would be a memory care. If you do have dementia or, you know, if your loved one is exit seeking, these are secure. And what's, you know, the beautiful thing about a memory care is that all the activities are going to be geared to those with dementia so that they can feel successful um, doing activities and not feel different. Because sometimes when you have people with dementia and an assisted living, they're not able to do or, you know, perform at the same level. And and that can be that can be hard for them sometimes, you know, especially if they're still at a point where they they realize that they're not keeping up. Other option, again, super popular in Dallas, and they're different throughout the country, but I can I can speak to how we do it here in Dallas. But our care homes are super, super popular. They've gained in popularity after COVID or during COVID, actually. We saw a huge increase in people wanting to go to care homes. So we call them residential care homes or care homes, personal care homes or group homes. They have a lot of different names. But these are homes that are located in regular neighborhoods. They take anywhere, I'd say average six to eight residents, but some take more, some take less. A lot of variabilities with that. But in these places, most, I would say in our area, and again, I can just speak for Dallas, mostly the people who do well in the care homes are people who have dementia, either like moderate to a little more advanced dementia, or they have some severe mobility issues, or there's someone who just really doesn't want to be in a huge community. They want to be in a house. They like that environment better. But there's lots of different options. And there's always new things coming in. And I've been hearing lately that there's a group here in Dallas who is wanting to start a care home that's more like a golden girls model. So where it's women 
or men, it would, you know, it would be based on gender, the homes, but it would be were people who are still active, they're still driving, but they just want to kind of cut their expenses and share a home just like the Golden Girls. So I think that's pretty cool. And so I'm looking forward to seeing how that works out. I don't know of a home like that yet, but I look forward to uh, seeing how that how that plays out. So those are all the different types of senior living communities. And that's just kind of going over it briefly. But as you can see, it's way beyond just a nursing home. <laughs> so I, again, I want to talk about planning and having those conversations. And I would encourage you, if you have not had a conversation with your family, with your parents or grandparents, to try and, and bring that conversation up in a very respectful manner, you know, at Thanksgiving or Christmas when the family is together. And you can just, you know, just ask a few questions, kind of feel them out a little bit. If it looks like they're getting, you know, stressed, back off, you know, but just do it in a loving and respectful way. Just you want to know what their wishes are. You want to honor and respect what they want in their final years. So I I think it's very important, as I've said over and over, it is, it's very important to really have those conversations and let them know that you're listening. You want to know what they want. You know, seniors, like everyone, you know, they don't want to lose control over their lives. They want to stay independent. They don't want you to have to make the decisions for them in their golden years. So it really is important to make those plans with them and know what they want so that you're not trying to to guess what to do. So that's why I'm saying the holidays are the best time because you're all there, all of your family. So it's the time to try and have those conversations. Anyhow, I hope this is helpful for you. And if you find value in this, please share it with your friends and family. And you just know that we're here for you as a resource. And as I said, going forward, we are going to break down each type of senior living even further so that you have that knowledge and know what is available out there for your aging family members. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy your holidays. Bye-bye.